what was your first Nintendo console? My first Nintendo console was the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, mm. When did we get it? I'm not sure if we had one in Edmonton or if we didn't get it till we moved to Calgary, uh, which was when I was like six or seven, 1991. Okay. And... Uh, my parents saved up because at that point they had four kids, two boys, two girls, and they knew we wouldn't get along unless there was four controllers. So they bought two separate Nintendo Entertainment Systems so that each chunk oh, of the wow. family had enough controllers for them to play without fighting. So yeah, our first system was the NES in like 90 or 91, I think. I don't think we had it before we moved. I think it was a Calgary acquisition. Wow. That's amazing. Before that, when we lived in Edmonton, I just went to my neighbor John's and played his Nintendo I feel like that's how a lot of people had their first foray is they went to a friend's house or a cousin's house and were like, this is awesome. Well, John was actually like a 30 something year old uh, <laughs> restaurant owner who lived next door to us in, in Millwoods in Edmonton and him and his wife were super, super nice and let me and my brother come over and just play their Nintendo all day. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool of them. What games did you have on it? On ours, we just started out with Mario and then, um, you know, the original, the OG Mario, and then mm -hmm. we moved to, I don't know, some other Marios. We got Final Fantasy at one point. Yes. Um, which became my lifelong obsession. And uh, and then my dad also used to go to these weird Christian, like, men's leadership retreats in Texas and uh, would come back with weird Christian video games that were sort of unofficial. They weren't licensed to be used on the Nintendo Entertainment System. So you usually had to like try like 13 times to actually get them to power on and like just insert the cartridge just right and then press it down just so so that it's scraped against the uh, plastic molding on the outside to get it to work properly. Oh my God. Uh, what was that company called? Wisdom Tree Entertainment or something? Yeah, they were some wild games. They were kind of fun, though, actually. Uh, like a game is a game way. sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. There's like a Noah's Ark one where you had to run around this like level collecting animals and throwing them into the ark and avoiding like the, you know, the unwashed, uncivilized, unchristian masses that were trying to stop you from surviving. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> sad. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's pretty funny some dumb shit i grew up with uh what was your first console and and when and and what game you know i don't remember how old we were but my cousins um my cousin carmen and cousin mike they had a super nintendo and anytime we would go over we would play super mario and it was so much fun and we loved it and we would talk about it like the entire car ride home and finally my parents bought us one and I remember the day we opened it and I was just like, life gets better from here. Like it was just, I remember being like, I won't be any happier than this. And then I got a PlayStation years later and that feeling, let me tell you, I still remember it. You got to FF7. Oh, that's, yeah, that's I why I bought PlayStation was yeah. to play that. But um, yeah, Super Mario and then um, Donkey Kong Country. So you weren't on the, you weren't on the Nintendo Entertainment System no, it was um, Super Nintendo that we had. So did you ever play Nintendo Entertainment System? Nope. Well, like later on, especially with like the online ports for a lot of games, we wound up playing like on Switch even has a whole bunch of like the old nice games. And so like the very first Legend of Zelda game, like that is such a great, it stands the test of time. It's such a great game. 
but I still think like Donkey Kong Country, I don't know what it is, but that game has like such a special place in my heart. You know, it's because I played with my sister and it was the only time that we weren't fighting when we were little is when we were playing <laughs> Donkey Kong and she was so good at it. And she would like pass all the hard levels and she wouldn't get mad at me. And I liked Diddy. So she was like, she was always Donkey Kong and I was always Diddy and there's no fighting. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, yeah. We got something similar. My brother was Mario. I was always Luigi. And to this day, I still prefer Luigi. I do too. I think that's one of the reasons I love the Luigi Mansion games. I'm like, time for Alex to shine. (laughs) Second player. (laughs) I think that's about as good as a segue into our topic. We're talking about our favorite Nintendo home entertainment console system top games. Mm -hmm. That came out about as smooth as possible. (laughs) Let's, uh, Let's hit that theme song and get into it. It slaps, I think the kids say. Do they still say that? It's a banger. It's a banger. Who used to say that? The guy from Parks and Rec. Uh, Is it a banger? Aziz Ansari's character? Yeah. Oh, Aziz. I love Luigi in all of his forms because I think he exemplifies what true bravery is. He's terrified, always. But there he is jumping away just like me are you luigi i'm fucking constantly scared of everything <laughs> and yet here you are living life yeah just trying to make it through without freaking out too bad all the time we are all luigi and just like luigi i'm scared of ghosts <laughs> well who wouldn't be those ghosts that he has to deal with are horrible except for the dog that dog is adorable i actually haven't played luigi's mansion what it's uh, something I've wanted to do for a long time. I just haven't gotten around to getting oh, to those games. Good. There always seems to be something else that I uh, I want to put my attention to. No, you're, you've been making horrible mistakes. I'll correct that at some point. We'll do a, a Luigi episode, a Luigi-centric episode. Oh, I think we have to, but you're going to need to get a DS uh, to get the first Luigi well, games in, or three. The Luigi Magic games? Aren't they all? Oh, I thought they were yeah. all on uh, Wii and Wii U and shit. Well, whatever. I'll play three and we'll call it good enough. Okay, you're going to play it, become obsessed with it, and then be like, hmm, I was wrong, and I'll go, I know. Okay, I will do it. I'll do my best. So we are here to talk about our... What what we discussed was our top three games from each Nintendo home console. We're leaving the handheld stuff aside for now because that was just too much video games for one episode. And uh, shit, I don't know about you, but when I got into it, it was really hard for certain consoles to pare down uh what i consider to be like and we're not talking best games here we're talking about like games that meant something to us or like yeah. were sort of our most played games regardless of you know good or bad finger air quotes going on here yes um did you find the same thing oh i mean we were talking about this earlier tonight because i mentioned it to to the man friends and i feel like I was debating myself at one point because I would say like, oh, this is my favorite game. And then I think about like, oh no, like 
if I only had to pick three, it's really tough, yeah. especially because of that like nostalgia or emotional factor. Yeah. My wife friend and I were doing the same thing at the dinner table. Um, and I was just like, these are what I got on my list. And, and then she'd be like, what about this, this, and this? And I was like, oh, sh- oh shit. Uh, did you find that there was a particular console era that really got tough for you? Um, I think there's two. The Super Nintendo, because to me, that's like childhood, yeah. right? Like that's what brought my sister and I together. We would have friends over. And like, of course, now you're the friend with the Super Nintendo and everyone wants to come over and play. Mm-hmm. And so I have lots of really fond memories playing like Mario Kart and arguing with people. Is that sort of what helped you define it was like the games that had sort of specific memories for you? Because that's kind of how I found myself going to yeah. was like, was this one I played the most that I liked the best? Or is this one that I now as like a 30 whatever year old has um, like a really solid memory of that experience? And that 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 must mean something. So that's yeah. my that's what I chose. Yeah, I did the same thing. I thought of games that I enjoyed because they were fun, but more or less it was like, what was I going through at the time? And who did I play the games with? And what did it help me get through? It took me back on such a wild memory trip as well. And like, uh, we hit one console and I only have two games for that because I was like, oh, I was at a weird place in my life at this point. Did not touch this console that much and we'll get into it. But those were my experiences that's interesting. I'm glad that we both kind of had the same. So just a reminder, we're not talking top games. You can still get mad at us if we pick games you don't think are worth talking about and, uh, you know, yell at us at social media or whatever. But uh, we're going to we're going to go. We're going to get into it. We're trying something new where I don't spend mm-hmm. or Lexi doesn't spend like the next two weeks trying to cut down for content from like three hours <laughs> of recording. So let's start. Let's do Nintendo Entertainment System. So I don't think that I have a favorite game for it other than like, I would say very first Legend of Zelda. Yeah, that's totally fair. And I'm going to, I'm going to take some time here because this is, Do it. this is like formative for me. This is, yeah, I gave you the story already up top about when we got our first Nintendos, but uh, yeah, I've got, I've got stories for the, at least one of these that is pretty important. Um so my my top three are Final Fantasy Original OG, uh, Final Fantasy VI, or as it's known in North America, three is how it was released here. Uh, we did not get all those interceding games that Japan got, so it just came out as three here in North America. And uh, Super Mario Bros. three. Yeah, that's John's favorite. It's it's an experience that is hard for me to. Uh, like express properly just off the cuff but it is just the whole package of a game i think it might be tied up in that movie uh the wizard if you remember that from like the 90s as well no i don't think i saw it uh it's a kid from wonder years um something you'll get used to if you listen to our podcast for long enough is that we can reference certain pop culture stuff but we sure as hell cannot specify any actor or time or date or release date specifically so just get used to it and if it really bothers you you can again yell at us on social media and tell us what we uh, didn't remember anyhow it's called like the wizard it was the kid from uh you know princess bride and uh ben savage yeah adam savage no adam Adam savage is mythbusters mythbusters sorry the other savage one of the savages yeah, the the brown haired savage, the teen the teen star. Fred Savage? Fred Savage, that's it. Fred Savage, yeah. Yeah. So mm. he, he's in that movie, he's got like uh, his brother who I don't know, at the time he's just sort of like silent or something they've gone through something traumatic. I think their family's splitting up and they're having a hard time dealing with it. 
Uh, let me just incorrectly recount the movie for you. Anyhow, they end up going to this Nintendo tournament where uh, his brother, who's a savant at playing Nintendo games, plays Mario 3 and uh, earns the most points and wins the tournament and reunites the family. And I think like all of that tied up together just... Look at him. He's a wizard. Mario 3 is just mm -hmm. like such a great game. Uh, you've got warp whistles, you've got hammer bros, you've got all those suits that like the f you can uh, turn Mario into. We get beyond just like getting him big on mushrooms or firepower. Yeah. Get into like the tanuki suit, the raccoon tail, hammer bros suit, the hopping, uh, what is it, the toy, oh, yeah. the toy shoe yeah, yeah. or whatever they get in some of those levels. You go to big world where everyone's gigantic. It's just an experience. It blew my mind. I remember playing that game. We had like a... I can't remember what the, what it was called, but it was a collection of Mario games on the SNES. Mario All-Stars. Yes, Mario All-Stars. And it was great. That was a good game. We got the Lost Levels as well from the yeah, original, yeah. which was released as actually, I think it was Mario Brothers 2 in Japan. As opposed to the Mario Brothers 2 we got, which was that uh, weird like skin graft of another game that I can't remember <laughs> the name of. So they basically just drew the art, the Mario art, over top of like pixels okay. for the other game and then ordered it and pretended it was a Super Mario game. That's why the gameplay in 2 is so different and yet informs the rest of the series quite a bit. It's amazing to see the evolution of Mario over the years. Because it's all come it of the same formula, but still, God, they've done so much. For Final Fantasy, uh, it was a game that my brother and I, uh, I can't remember if we owned or borrowed it, but we had it one summer. And we had like a Nintendo Power Guide and everything. And we were just doing our damnedest. And we played the heck out of that game. And uh, you couldn't save at any time. So one of us would always be on like, watch the console. Nobody hit power and like, just kept it going, trying to play. And then the weirdest thing was, well, you could save. I just don't think you could save anytime you wanted to. But um, so we finally did it. We like, we battled through it. It was a slog. We did all the grinding because the enemies were so tough. We got to level 99 and finally finished that game. And then a friend of ours who was a bit older came over and he's like, you guys didn't equip any weapons or armor <laughs> on any of your characters. We played the entire game just punching everything that we could. And that's why we had to grind so ridiculously and spent an entire summer trying to beat that game together cooperatively. Uh, and that may have been the last time my brother and I ever saw it on anything. I'm just kidding. If you're listening, Corbin, you know we get along great and believe all the same things. That's so heartwarming. <laughs> but yeah, so we just punched the shit out of everything and we did not know that you needed to. We bought the uh, swords, we bought the, you know, the, oh my the armor. We didn't know you needed to. We figured you bought it, you have it, that's good. Yeah, it's working, isn't it? So yeah, so... That was like, I'll never forget how bad we were playing Final Fantasy. That makes me so happy. And then Final Fantasy 3, 6, whatever you want to call it. Probably 6 is the right way to refer to it. But uh, that was just, you know, neighborhood, uh, another neighborhood friend. And we just spent the summer in his basement playing FF6. And like, there were just moments in that game that blew my mind. Like the opera scene with... Uh, with all those characters running through the rafters, fighting mm -hmm. Ultros, having to do that opera, like actually playing like that through that opera with all that epic music. I'm like, this is a game? Like, this is wild. I didn't even know we could do something like this inside of a game. And it just changed my perspective mm -hmm. on what gaming was and what I liked from games, which was story. I found out, yeah. aside from like my jump on shit Mario, which I still love to this day, like I really wanted story from games. So those are my three. Yeah. And that's our Nintendo Entertainment System. 
Yeah. So now we're talking about Super Nintendo. Entertainment system. Lovingly known as the SNES. S S S and the S. SNES. Which I feel like was the console. Did you ever watch video game top 10 on YTV? Video and arcade top 10 Saturdays at one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was like the like go-to it. console for quite some time. All right. So do you have a top three on this one? Uh, you know, I really think like the Super Mario World was what brought me into everything just because playing it at my cousin's house and then going home and replaying levels and I was like oh my god Mike was always so good at this and Super Mario World um Donkey Kong Country and then I think Mario Kart that's dope those are good I had a hard time not putting Mario Kart on mine my top three is we match on this one Super Mario World because that was so it good. took everything that was good about Mario 3 and then just amped it up again yeah. and uh, polished up those graphics and uh, made it even more special, more interesting, more work in a lot of ways too. Yeah. Great. Uh, my second is Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. That game was wild. Again, it's a story thing. You, yeah. you fire that game up and like it's raining out and some shit's already going down and like in yes. media res for that. That's another one of those moments where I'm just like storytelling in games. Like this is wild. Something's happening here. I'm like, that's good storytelling to start in my mind. I feel like that's there's a book that um, I think it's called A Hero with a Thousand Faces, and it talks about how certain storylines throughout, like all religion and all like popular stories, like Star Wars, starts with like you're already in the middle of a conflict or a story going down and the hero is already an underdog and they have to work their way out of the hole and i feel like that's linked to the past right there that was part of the reason like ff6 got me as well was because you're terra you're in that like magitech armor you have no idea what the shit is going on i mean obviously there's kefka as well he mm-hmm. wins which is always great but like uh and and you're fighting that empire and it didn't sink in until I was much older and got, Oh, right. You're fighting the big evil corrupt government that's exploiting people. And that's like such a consistent theme throughout video games. Yeah. It just makes me so surprised that that's sort of <laughs> nobody in North America seems to equate the empire with, uh, <laughs> with governments that we currently operate. <sighs> it's interesting, but yeah, it changed my perspective on sort of how to see the world. Like, Oh, Okay. So one person's empire is another person's like, you know, evil, evil dominating force, invasive force. Mm-hmm. And and one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. And, it, you know, yeah, that's a pretty basic concept now. But like, you know, for uh, whatever I was probably 10 or so at the time, that was like, OK, mind the world is bigger than my perspective. And that was like the first sort of introduction to that. All right. So bringing it back, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, which is. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's favorite, but it's everyone's favorite for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and then Secret of Mana for me was huge. Oh, I forgot about Secret of Mana. Yeah. That's a great game. People forget about the Mana games. Mm-hmm. Such good games. Uh, the reason that one's super special to me, though, is I went on a business trip with my dad. He was, I don't remember what he was selling at the time, but we had to go to Saskatchewan. Uh, I believe we were in Regina. And I just wanted to go with him. My brother, my older brother always got to go and so I went with him on this trip, demanded to be taken, and and uh, it was boring as hell. So my dad rented me a Super Nintendo uh, for like the four or five days we were there. I just 
more or less holed up in the hotel room with me and Secret of Mana. And it was the greatest time of my life. I was not around my five other siblings and the chaos that that uh, involved. And uh, I just had some quiet time to play a, a game that wow. was effing great. Beautiful story, beautiful graphics, beautiful like gameplay mechanics, like just everything to me. But the real, the real thing that solidified it was just that experience of being like, yeah. this is my game. I'm playing this. I'm doing something special with my dad. I'm doing something yeah. special on my own. I think the Super Nintendo is cool and important to me, but I think it was formative for you. Yeah, I think it was the first time. Same sort of thing, like it was really thinking about story in a different way because it was so different than like TV or books or anything else. And it was so immersive. And I used to draw pictures of Yoshi like all the time. Oh, hell yeah. Right. And I just was like, this this creature was so cool and cute. And I loved Yoshi to this day, like anything Yoshi related, I'm all over. And I think that's that was really what started that whole like love affair with like the cutesy kind of wholesome gaming things. And then again, it's the family thing because I would play with my sister, I played with my cousins. And it was also something common because I didn't really have friends until I was much older. Um, so I was always kind of like the weird kid on the playground who was hanging out with the teachers. Like I was the one in the library doing laminating with the librarian cool. because there was no one to play with. So it's just nobody was on your level. They didn't get <laughs> well, it. <laughs> I mean, I was definitely the kid who I'm sure the teachers would be like, oof, you got her. Like, just not an easy child. But this gave me something to relate to other kids. So they would be like, oh, I was playing Mario this weekend. And I was like, I would play Mario also. And all of a sudden, there was like this thing that I was like, oh, thank God we can talk about this. And I actually knew enough that I could like chat about it with people. So it taught me how to be a person in a way. Yeah, that's fucking great. Like it gave me social skills because now I was like, I also like video games. And all of a sudden, like when you're young, it was okay. And when I became older, like a teenager, it actually ostracized me because girls playing video game. And I would say even to an extent now yeah, that not a lot of women in like in common life talk about video games right it's people that are streamers or people that are already online that have that kind of presence or that work in the industry i don't think that i have many close female friends who regularly game hmm. but at the time like well gosh what would i've been like grade five or six that really gave me a lifeline to people. So I, I really appreciate Mario for that. That's so fascinating because we really were sort of that first generation that came up as gamers with games, like in you know, ubiquitous form for the entirety of our childhoods. And for that to sort of be quashed by the, uh, the more boomer elder sort of um, social need for women to, you know, tow that previous sort of female line is so interesting that that's uh, that's where that took that for if you will allow me to be so eloquent that's where that took that <laughs> i see a lot on twitter lately about women in the gaming industry coming out and talking about the harassment and um discrimination that they face and i don't doubt that whatsoever i 100 percent would believe that because 
the stigma of even just playing video games as a woman, as an adult woman, is is very, very real. So I can't even imagine. Yeah, like, were you supposed to have grown out of that? Like, that's been a part of our lives since we were, you know, able to, you know, make like long term memories. Like, why are you expected to not uh, not enjoy those anymore? But, uh, you know, I can just say I'm having beers and playing Halo this weekend. I don't play Halo. (laughs) Fuck Halo. But even if you did, it's think about all the advertisements, even for video games back in like the 90s or the day. It was mostly young boys. You didn't see a ton of girls. Yeah, these consoles, and still to this day, they're aimed at, you know, the same people most things are aimed at still. Yeah. In, in spite of the shifting buying power and, and social values, et cetera. Well, and I'd have to look it up, but I feel like I saw a statistic recently that the the number of women gamers or people buying consoles has jumped to, like, in the 40s, like 42%, 47% of um, people buying and playing games these days are women and people that identify as uh, women. Yeah. And that's a huge shift. And I wonder too, how many other women in my life also play video games as much as I do, but just don't talk about it. Well, and there's, yeah, that's a great point. And I think there's also an aspect of the type of games that are considered to be yeah. gaming. Like, you know, you get into this a bit with like casual games and, yeah. uh, you know, Nintendo Switch even or iOS games. And like, are you a gamer? You're playing on your phone, et cetera. But also um, chatting with Fiona, she was like, I don't think I was a gamer before, you know, you and I started dating and I started playing your like PS4 games and stuff or PS whatever it was when we started dating. And uh, I was like, well, that's not true. We, you know, met our, our connection was over a video game reference, like one of the oldest video games, Monkey Island. Oh, yeah. And like you were still playing point and click adventures, Sam and Max, and like all those great Lucas Arts games and yep. uh, all the Monkey Island stuff that had come out through like Scum and um, Telltale games and stuff yep. like that. And I'm like, that's gaming. You were still gaming. You just weren't doing the games that people call gamers yeah. or whatever. So it's a interesting sort of way that things are drawn because the games that women maybe are necessarily into aren't the ones that are considered serious games as well in the same way that a lot of you know femme culture is generally derided by the overarching patriarchy of society so mm-hmm. like you know pop pop music etc all of that so it's interesting to see that happen interesting in a bad way to see how that happens in games as well just from the types of games you play to not feeling like you can discuss it it gave me a lifeline to make friends with but for the longest time it makes sense that the majority of the friends in my life were all boys because I didn't know how to talk to girls because I was like are you also playing the video games no okay I'll go back to my corner I think the very first video game I ever played was the mixed up mother goose and then loom Oh yeah, some some early computer game like DOS stuff or whatever. Yeah, and those and that way I play with that with my cousin Mark and my uncle Bob, who to this day is probably the only other adult I know that has as many consoles or plays as many video games as us. Like my uncle Bob plays a lot of video games and computer stuff. Loom is I remember it being beautiful, but I can't remember anything about <laughs> oh. it. Weirdly enough, and I forgot completely about it until you mentioned it. Well, and then um, when. John and I first met, we talked a lot about those games because he said, well, if you've played Loom, you've probably played The Dig. And I hadn't. And then he got a port for me to play on one of our old laptops. And it was so good. I remember I stayed up until like 2 a.m. playing it because I was like, I started. 
And I had to finish it because it was such a good story. Cool. That I just thought, if I stop, I'm going to lose the momentum. I have to see it through. Such a great story. Such a great feeling too. Yeah. to like get that immersed in the story. And like, you know, if you can understand that about books, you should be able to get it with, uh, with video yes. games, except, you know, you have a little bit more agency in the story than you would with a book or, or participation, mm -hmm. if not agency. Yeah. What I love about it is it really connected us, I think, because he, that game meant so much to him. And then I loved it so much that it really helped us to like, you get the story and why it means so much. And so I think that video games often help people to form a connection in different ways. It can just be like a shooty fun game, but it can also be, um, it can be a little more meaningful. And I think about, have you ever played Firewatch? No. Oh, no, I, I, I know a fair bit about it just from listening yeah. to some gaming podcasts. It's without going too much into a tangent. It's a great game. We man friend and I really connected on it. And then I mentioned it when um, I was in my in my day life with a student of mine. And I mentioned, oh, I've been playing this great game lately. This, you know, he was like 15 or something. Says, oh, what was it? And I said, it's this game called Firewatch. And I've never seen a kid's face light up that way. And he went, I love that game. And we talked about it for quite some time. And afterwards, like, we just had a different, like, you get me. And it was just such a nice very wholesome moment of just like hey we're both humans there's no weird hierarchy of like teachers it was just like we had a really nice conversation about a game that we both really really enjoyed that's cool that takes the guesswork of social interaction out of it in yeah. some ways and that's that's, oh, that's cool it. that's beautiful and then mario kart and it's the same reason that People would come over and we would play and we would take turns it's and it was a big such a social event. game, such a social oh. game. And anyone can play it, even people that are like, oh, I don't like video games, but I'll play Mario Kart. Yeah, exactly. And to this day, they still do. Oh. You know, we were interacting with some neighbors of ours who lived down the street. And like one of the ways that we did that was we already had lots in common and we liked them. But like, you know, come over, we'll have some wine and smoke some weed and we'll we'll play Mario Kart. <laughs> That's a great evening. That's a millennial's night out. <laughs> Every iteration of Mario Kart, I have positive memories about because of that type of thing. Yeah. Even at some of the darkest moments of my life, um, I can think of great times with Mario Kart. Mario Kart provides. Well, it never stops providing. So yeah, those are my three for SNES. That's great. And like such a... It makes so much sense how that console had such like an impact on your life being just sort of there at that formative era. Yeah. Um, if you will allow it, I've got a couple special mentions from the Super Nintendo Entertainment era. Please do. Uh, Super Mario RPG. I feel like this is oh, one maybe that would be yeah. a big one for you as well. Square Enix. I remember I wanted to finish it so bad. I can't remember what happened, but we never finished it. Mm -hmm. And every single time we'd go back to rent it from um, like Blockbuster, it was never in. And then they got rid of it. And I was so upset. And I haven't been able to find it since. And I, I so, so, so wanted to finish it. I think it's on Virtual Console. I've checked. I haven't seen it. But I'll, I'll look again. Maybe I'm missing. I was playing it somewhere not long ago. Oh. And I can't think of anywhere else it would be except for Switch. Hmm. I'll take another look. Maybe I'm missing it. It might be available just in the store if it's not on virtual. Okay, I'm gonna console. take a look. Yeah, but that game was great. Uh, that's and then my last special mention for uh, Super Nintendo of games that were 
big for me was uh, NBA Jam. Really? Okay. The closest I've ever gotten to being an athlete, <laughs> aside from foosball in college. Uh, yes. Our foosball table days, you remember? Oh, I remember missing class and then people coming to say, like, are you coming to class? And me being like, I'm making a choice here. No. We, we've got foosball. We've got foosball. Um, NBA Jam was just a wild ride. It was one of those games where my friends from the, like your experience, my friends on the block would come over and we would play NBA Jam and it was just sort of a dumb, silly, non-serious game. You get big heads and, you know, boom shakalaka. Smash the backboard. It was great. The commenter made that game. Uh, so those are my special mentions. Uh, also available on iOS if you're interested. I got it again, and I was like, yes, this is the nostalgia hit I was looking for. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Okay, let's take it into Nintendo 64. And honestly, if you'd asked me yesterday how impactful the system was for me, I would not have given you the answer that I'm going to now, because it turned out going through these games that I had played almost all of them and they all had good memories for me and were associated with fun times for me. And narrowing down this list was so difficult for me. Really? Yeah. And I wouldn't have guessed that. Nintendo 64 just doesn't isn't like a console that I think of on a regular basis. Not in the same way Super NES or... Yeah, I agree with that. This was of the time that we weren't we weren't really allowed to play video games. Like the SNES was kind of like a blip and we really wanted it. My parents said, no, um, I would borrow it from one of my cousins. We would play there. So really looking at when I was looking through the games, I really didn't play a lot of them, but the ones that I did play, um, were really, really meaningful. So the big one of course is super Mario 64, because how can you not, um, Ocarina of time, really powerful for me because I played that game. It was the first time I ever played a game where I was actually scared of one of the bosses and I powered through. And anyway, that one meant a lot to me. And then I would say GoldenEye, that game. And similar for some of the reasons of the previous games, because I have such positive memories of playing GoldenEye with other people. And I am not a shooter game kind of person at all. No, me neither. But that game was just magical. And I remember my sister had a boyfriend at that time and he brought over his N64 and his sister was my age and we were friends in school. And we played, the four of us played Goldeneye and we had it hooked up to my parents' speakers. It was so loud that the glass and the windows was like shaking and it was just so much fun. That four player split screen was just chaos. It was beautiful chaos. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. I had no idea what was happening. Everyone was screaming. People were yelling. It was just so much fun. Yeah, I think that those would be my top three just because Super Mario was just super, super fun. I remember throwing penguins off the side of the ledge forever and then being like, should I feel guilty about this? Those are penguins. Aren't they endangered? And then Ocarina, just because having a horse and then grow, and I remember that was shocking. It's one of those games that just took storytelling and like expanded it for you again and said like, oh, okay, you think a game is this, but look, it can be this too. We can just do whatever we want here. Yeah, breaking the mold. It was it was so powerful just because of the story. So um, I still have 
the song stuck in my head of Always. the mill. Do 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 everyone yeah right and now everyone's gonna have that song stuck in their head and you're welcome they're they're should be thanking us for that it's perfect it's wonderful like song of storms all of those ocarina songs are beautiful and uh it was actually took some work for me not to choose the exact same top three as you um i decided that you know some of these games i'd already like dipped into the genre i got a a zelda game already i did a mario game so uh i did stick with goldeneye though for the same reason as you um I would go to youth group. I fucking hated church youth group. I never fit in with people. I didn't understand how people felt so connected to this concept of God and shit that they were talking about. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized they probably weren't. They were just enjoying like being around other people, but they sure put up a good front of pretending they were all into that stuff. But we did this like video game sleepover one night. I knew nobody there except for my older brother, and it did not matter. We played Killer Instinct, we played Mario Kart, and we played Goldeneye. And that's where I stayed most of the night with like 30 other people. We had multiple TVs. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. It was beautiful chaos, like we were saying. And just like, I, I won't forget how great it was until the and, and then the odd job, no odd job came up. And, you know, you're not allowed to be the short guy who's harder to shoot. <laughs> It was just, it's wonderful. I'll never forget that, uh, like you said, that kind of chaos and that that -hmm. experience. It's almost carnival-like to be around those kinds of people and try to shoot people. And, you know, you're all on the same screen too, the split screen thing. So it's like, I can look at the other corner and is that going to give me an advantage or is that actually going to make me forget to look at somebody else and get shot? So I love that shit. Um, The next one for me is Mario Party. Okay. Um, Mario Party debuted on the 64. That's when we first get our first Mario Party game. And I was in junior high at the time. And the group of friends we had, the first time we ever skipped school was to go to uh, one of our friend's house who lived closest to the school, our junior high, and play Mario Party all afternoon. (laughs) And that became a bit of a tradition for the rest of that school year. (laughs) Once a week, uh, we're, we're all sick and... We're at, you know, so-and-so's house playing playing uh, Mario Party. And it was the same sort of chaos and people yelling and like, do this, do that. Those like party games you get as you go around the board. That stuff was wild. So that was a a big one for me. Um, And that experience and that sort of rebellion. (laughs) Such a dork rebellion. Such a dorky rebellion. I'm going to skip school, go play video games with my friends. I was a middle kid and like at that point I was still in junior high, but my brother did high school and he had started having some, some problems with my family and all that. And like being at school and like, so I sort of flew under the radar for almost everything Mm -hmm. because I was a big dork who wasn't really, nobody was really worried about what old Ben was up to. Yeah. Not rocking the boat. No. So, you know, um, uh, that was my my rebellious act my dorky rebellion was to go play mario party and i would not trade that for any any class oh yeah and then the first time i did that and got home and my brother's like i caught the call from school don't worry oh look at your brother looking out for you That's yeah, so yeah, yeah 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 all our differences he he definitely looked out for me as best he could appreciate oh. that yeah that was cool the first time he caught that call and was like yeah don't worry i got i got the phone call uh, my last one is Star Wars Episode One Racing. Now that's Ooh, pod racing. That oh, I forgot about pod racing. 
damn it. Yeah, pod racing. That was a great game. It was a great game. Yeah, good, good choice. It's just, that one I played a lot on my own, but I just friggin' loved it. I love pod racing. I love Mm -hmm. Star Wars Episode One. Uh, Yeah. I must have been super into it because I remember getting some memorabilia and stuff around Star Wars that year as well for my birthday. So like, I must have been on that game a lot. I think I got a present from a friend of a Jar Jar Binks action figure and she went, you like this stuff, right? And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Those are That rounds on my top three. Um, I've got some special mentions again, which uh, okay. if you'll allow them. Next Please, scene. yes. Uh, Shadows of the Empire. Dash okay. Rendar. Uh, everyone hates him, mm. but the dude's an icon for me with those gigantic shoulder pads. And I will never forget the first time I got to hop on a speeder in Moss Eisley and, and head on out to face down against IG-88 on a train. Like, that shit's cool. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. They need to make Dash Rendar canon again. Well, maybe this is the first step. This is it. Uh, WCW versus NWO World Tour. It might not shock you to learn that I was wildly into wrestling at the age of 14. Um, I was wildly into WWF until the age of 12. Nice. I was into WWF as a kid prior. I'd kind of fallen off the uh, wrestling wagon. And then for some reason, it was just a cultural thing in junior high. Well, we come from a wrestling city, so... That's true. We are from Stampede City. Um, the Hart family, Hart Foundation, Bret yep. Hart, Owen Hart, God rest his soul. Yeah, My dad taught both of them when they were in school. Well, I mean, and if you went to school in Calgary, you had either Keith or one of the others uh, substitute for you at some point. He's still out there. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. I saw a subreddit like a week ago and somebody's like, one of the Hearts is in my class. And they never actually teach you. I just remember no. they asked him questions about wrestling he actually subbed for me a few years ago no way keith or or i think it was keith i can't i don't remember who but i i heard from the kids they did absolutely nothing um (laughs) but he told them stories about the undertaker and then convinced the phys ed team to put down mats and he just showed them wrestling moves for the rest of the day so all in all great day i applaud him that's that's special that sounds like an awesome day usually have to pay somebody to come in and do some special programming like that. He came with a police escort, too. What? Because he got lost, and so he had to pull over on the side of the road and call the school from a Tim Hortons. And oh eventually, And I love this, because what do you tell little kids when you don't know if you're lost, what do you do? You find a police officer. Well, if you're white. Um, and that's what he did. He found a police officer, and they, like, helped him find the school. That seems like a very Calgary story. Uh, okay, I'm going to blow through the rest of these. Ocarina of Time, obviously, mm-hmm. you uh, you touched on why that is everything and still like one of the best games rated of all time. Uh, Wave Race 64. Oh, For yeah. some reason, the water physics of that game blew my mind. And uh, Pokemon Snap. Ah, uh, yes, I, th- I thought about that one as well. It was an epic journey. And I was there with those Pokemon. The most I've been with those Pokemon since before Pokemon Go. Super Smash Bros. was a huge game just because it was that sort of sibling rivalry kind of game again. And uh, Yoshi's Story, I rented that for weeks on my own and just kept playing it when I had nothing else going on and nobody else to hang out with. And then uh, Donkey Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Racing. I can't believe I just called it Donkey Kong. Diddy Kong Racing, yeah. Diddy Kong Racing, I have the greatest memory of babysitting my two younger sisters one uh, New Year's Eve. My 
older siblings had already moved out. My dad and my mom went to some sort of work party and did not get back till like two or three in the morning. And my uh, my siblings were feeling kind of, you know, weird being at home on their own with just, you know, on a like a holiday with nothing else. So we just put all the Christmas lights on, put on Diddy Kong Racing and played until we passed out. Oh, so good. But that takes us, that's it for Nintendo 64. Let's move it in. Let's keep going. GameCube. When did uh, GameCube come out? So GameCube, I'm not going to look it up, but we're looking at roughly 2000, I want to say... Two, three? Yeah, two, uh, 2002 or three. So this is a weird point. I'm graduating high school. Yeah. Uh, I end up moving out when I'm 18. I have no money. Um, I'm not in college yet. I took a year off, but... Uh, I miss the GameCube more or less. Me too. My experience with it is going home on occasion and my younger brother who would have been about, oh, he was eight or nine at the time. He had his GameCube or the family GameCube. I forget who it was. And so I, it was about playing with him when I came home. I've only got two games here, Super Smash Bros. Melee, because that was his favorite game. Mm-hmm. We played it all the time together. We still occasionally play a Smash Brothers game together over over the internet, and that's sort of our connection. And Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, mm, mm-hmm. the first FF game back at Nintendo after uh, you know they left and went to PlayStation with FF Seven, and so I was super excited for it. It wasn't necessarily the greatest game. Uh, it was interesting. It, it wasn't what I expected. I was expecting a proper Final Fantasy games, but uh, it was a new mechanic, a new sort of set up and everything new characters species story but it was still one that i i have mm-hmm. that's that's me that's gamecube only two i only have the one. Forgotten console. it is the forgotten console i didn't play a lot of the games until later on when they were ported in to like wii u or even switch so the only game that i played is when i borrowed a gamecube from a friend in college years after and uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Oh, yeah. And I would say that is the best, I'd say in, in my all-time top three of all games, period. Wow. I love that game. I just actually was playing it through um, on Wii U a couple months ago. I got it for Wii or Wii U. I forget which one it was dropped on, but uh, yeah, it was beautiful. I never finished it. Oh, It was just fun and fresh and interesting. Well, and there's something so comforting about it and I don't like it feels like a fairy tale that a beloved family member tells you and it's just like you're you're snuggled right up and Zelda's always fantasy but it's not necessarily fairy tale and you're right even the like villains and bosses don't feel <sighs> threatening in the way a lot of stuff in video games do so that's yeah. that's such a good one I think I might pick that up on switch the HD release that they're doing or did like I, and I, I kind of promised myself there's certain games I won't buy again. I really enjoy them, but like... You did it. We've had our time yeah. together. It's it's time to move on. This is a game that I will continue to buy and continue to play because each time I play it, I love it more. And I'm like transported back to when I, I still remember sitting in my parents' house, playing it before going to work or going to... Or when I get home at night from college. And it was just a lovely really nice game that was really wholesome but super fun that's great if you've got one yeah that's it that's the one yep that's my one um let's move on then let's move to the next console to make waves to really shake up the scene if you'll pardon the expression (laughs) we get the wii oh so much fun 
I really struggled with this one because there's so many great games. Where are you at in your life at this point? We're done college at this point, right? Yeah, I'd say this is after college. This I've is... dropped out twice. You've gotten your degree. <laughs> I got my degree. But I So this is when I was trying to be an artist, a full-time artist. I was trying to, I was working three jobs, doing art restoration and framing at the art gallery, working, teaching art through the city, uh, and then working at community while trying to do my art practice on the side. So you know, starving to death. Yeah. So I didn't have a ton of games, but um, friends of mine, the glass blowers, had a Wii and we would play it at their place. The Bee Kingdom guys? The Bee Kingdom guys, yeah. That's great. And Some more Calgary had, content for y'all. More Calgary content, the Bee Kingdom boys. In their backyard, where the hot shop was in the summers, they had this projector. The same house? Yeah, the same house where all their That's parties. Wild. Yeah. That's great. They would project games and movies up onto the side of the house and we'd lie in the backyard and play video games or that. So we would play a lot of um, Super Mario Bros. Mm -hmm. And it was so much fun. So I would say probably one of my favorite ones then for that reason would be Super Mar Mario Bros. Because we would take turns. It was like this melee. We'd show up, we would play for hours. It was like a really big, fun event. People would bring their own controllers because you could like sync it up that way. I'm with you. Yes, that was a great game. Was, you could turn those oh, little Wiimote sideways. Yeah, like a little, yeah, it was so much fun. And again, it was that social aspect of it. Jump on people's heads. Yeah, that's great. That's such a cool experience. And we, like, people were fighting. It was just so much fun to play it. So because of the social aspect, I would say that game. And then how can you not love Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy 2. So I would say that those are my other two ones because then um, when John and I met, he bought me a Wii and bought me those games. And I remember playing them and they were just so much. Damn, John, that's a flex. John bought me <laughs> Wii and um, got me a charging station, like really leaned he tricked into it out that. For you. Oh yeah, he, cool. like, he, he hooked me up with all the video games and got me charging stations because... I didn't really have anything because I was so broke and we weren't really going out, right? Like we had no money. And so he thought, this is an investment. We'll stay in. We'll play a lot of games. It'll be fun. And, and it was. It was awesome. So those two games are really, I just thought they were so beautiful. And the physics of them. I'm so disappointed I've never played Galaxy 2. Oh, it's beautiful. It's not as powerful. Like just, it was insane. And then it was more just fuel for the fire. Super Mario Galaxy 2. I feel you. Uh, that's a great place to switch over to my my like three faves for mm -hmm. Wii because Mario Galaxy is definitely up there. And that sort of wow factor that like blow you away first time experience, like oh, the physics in this game, this is just something new and magical and you're out there and it's got that fairy tale factor as well. Like yeah. there's something wild about this and new and unique. And that was uh, that was it for me. For my other two games, I'm at a weirder place in my life for both of these. I was living in Vancouver at the time. Um, I'd moved there with my then girlfriend so that uh, she could go to school and take her master's and I could try to just sort of figure out what I was doing. <laughs> I had no no real plans. I ended up 
working and stuff but like basically i was in a not a, the best place mentally or anything like that and mm-hmm. i had no social life because i was in a new city and just trying to stay afloat yeah. and stuff like that and she was wildly busy with her schooling and like that required a lot of rehearsal for her because she was in performing arts and stuff so I was on my own a shit ton and didn't have much, no connection back to my family or anything. So I, I just dove into Twilight Princess and that game was sort of my world for a year. And so it'll always have a special place for me because of that, um, just sort of being my my escape from from life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Animal Crossing. And which one was that? Let me just specify. It's City Folk. Okay. Uh, I think just actually the second Animal Crossing game at that point. And here we're at a totally different spot. Uh, I was back in Calgary at that point. I had been working. I had kind of a, a terrible job that was just going downhill. And uh, I, uh, I ended up quitting basically around the same time that Animal Crossing came out. And I spent the next month not able to find work and just playing Animal Crossing. Um, so I was living with a uh, person we both mutually know at the time, and he would go to his job, his great gainfully employed job, and I'd be playing like Animal Crossing, had just woken up and started playing Animal Crossing, <laughs> and then he would come home, you know, nine hours later, and I'm still there on the couch playing Animal Crossing, and I'd be like, no, I did look for jobs today, I just like, I came back to this, and, and sometimes that was true, and sometimes that was a lie. Who's to say? Yeah, so it was a weird thing, I was again in a bad place sort of like depressed with how life was going for me but animal crossing let me have this outlet where i could control mm-hmm. my town my life um you know earning a living was so simple oh yeah i just had to shake a tree and get some goddamn bells out of there and yeah i had a mortgage to nook but i could pay it i had ways of making money and it just like it was simple it made sense in a time when nothing else was really making sense for me and i was just like mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my my wee depression era, but also just like some of the most beautiful games started coming out then and most interesting. So games are an escapism, and I know that's not always healthy, but sometimes it's just what you need to like level out and keep going. Okay, let's keep moving before we all cry. Wii U. Okay, I loved the Wii U. Fucking so same. Same. So good. I don't understand the hate for it. It was a great console. I know. I guess maybe it's because the console itself isn't like, I guess, the same innovation or wow factor as, as the Wii had. But like, it was awesome. the dual screen was very innovative, even if it wasn't utilized by all the games that were on it. I'm so with you on this. I loved it. And it's wonderful. The other consoles, I was like, nah, I have fewer games to pick from. This is the one where I have several shout outs or really struggled to pick my favorite one nice because this was like john helped me get back into video games but wii u is when i really it's lexi's time to shine i found my own way and it was just there's so many games on it well i was in university for teach when did when did wii u come out like 2013 2014 yeah yeah because 12 is kind of when the wii sort of swans songs yeah wii u is like 2013 to 2017 wow so i was just finishing up university and then starting my job in in education and oh. it was a weird time because say education again education oh god yeah learning, learning. Oh. Um, and i had this weird gap of time before like when university ended and when i started teaching 
And this really filled a lot of that. And then there was a period of time where John was in California because he was working for Apple at the time and he had to go down to Cupertino for like a month or so. But I remember coming home from work one day and I was bummed out because he wasn't um, at home. He was away. It was the longest we'd ever been apart. I was exhausted from work and I stopped at Walmart to buy myself a plant to make me feel better, you know, buy a plant. And then I happened to just walk by the video games and I bought my other, um, my other most favorite game of all time, Pikmin three, because I just saw it in, and I was like, Oh, that's cute. I'll, I'll give it a try. Screw it. Let's do it. And <laughs> thus began my love affair with one of the greatest games of all time. I love Pikmin and especially Pikmin three. I did eventually go back and play one and two. Um, I love that game so much. Everything about it was like cathartic, like digging things up out of the ground. And you have these adorable little guys falling around and it made such good use out of the dual screen. Oh, cause you could control where they were going. So on the big TV, you're playing the game, but on the small screen, you can tell them where to go. So I could just touch it off. They go. It was just such a great use of both, like the full technology that was available. It went, it was nice and long enough. There was DLC. Like it was just, it was a great game and I loved it. So Pikmin 3, that's got to be one of my tops. Um, and then this is when I really start to struggle because I loved Yoshi's Woolly World so much. So I'm going to say that that's my number two. I have an amiibo from Woolly World, so. It was, it, again, great game, adorable, super fun. I got super into Amiibo, so. And I don't, I don't judge you for that. I've got a disgusting shelf right above me, right here in my uh, my studio, that's just full of like hundreds of dollars worth of Amiibo. Um, I'm a terrible human being. No, I have I shown you all the plants that I have. No person should own these many plants. <laughs> and then this was the third spot I really struggled with because it was a toss-up between Mario Kart. Mario Kart what is that, Mario Kart Eight? Yeah. Legend of Zelda, because that's. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came out right at that weird time at the end of the yeah. lifespan, if you will, yeah. of Wii U at the beginning of Switch. Um, and I we have it on both. So John bought it for me again. Um, yeah. He buys me a lot of video games. He's a good guy. Bought that for me because he thought that that would be a great thing for me to do on my summer, to play the game, to unwind, to really lose myself. But then there's also things like um, Paper Mario Splash where you had to recolor the world and again paper mario games are very awesome yes yes i know they haven't come up at all but the paper mario series is is so good and consistent but then there was also captain toad which was a great game it's, you're speaking my language here many of these games so what do you end up choosing i end up uh going with legend of zelda breath of the wild because i think that's the game that i first next to pikmin put the most hours into and really lost myself in yeah um, so I went with that one because I thought it was so amazing. When you buy a game multiple times, like we've talked about with Stardew Valley, I think that's the the, the test of time. Yeah. So I would buy Legend of Zelda again. Yeah. Breath of the Wild is, uh, well, I'm going to have to get into it when we get to Switch because I did yeah. not play it on Wii U, but it is, it is my list for Switch. Um, but it is a game that I have been unwilling to finish because I don't want it to be over. Yeah, I get that. Um, so it's still there, and I know I've still got more time, and uh, I should finish it just to give it that respect. But I just don't want to. I don't want it to end. It was 
one of those experiences where I, know. I open this up, I start playing and I'm like, this is, this is new. This is different. This is me in a new world, which is my, yeah. on top of stories. That's the other experience I want from a game is like, I am embodying this game. Like I'm here and I'm in a new open world that is not my world. And I'm just, I'm here. Yeah. And that sense of place doesn't happen in every game. I actually got it from wow. As an aside, when I was playing that at the very beginning, I have not touched that in since college. It's actually why part of the reason I dropped out the first time. <laughs> wow. Addiction. The real thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but for Wii U, um, I'm going to start with Mario Kart eight. It, uh, I got my Wii for my birthday. Uh, Fiona gave it to me, my Wii U that is. And, uh, she booked us a stay actually at the Fairmont downtown and bought the Wii. And so we hooked it up in the hotel room and we played Mario Kart and that was my birthday. That's awesome. We went to the pool for a bit and then came back and played Mario Kart and like got some room service and like, nice as a dope, one of my favorite birthdays. Um, Next up, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. So good. I can't believe how much that game got me. The weird sort of isometric view of everything, the just the mechanics of it, the stupid little toad guy. <laughs> I don't know why, but that game just like had me play that game and I finished and like just like I couldn't put it down. There's something yeah. addictive about it. Oh, it was amazing. I'm not even sure I really can like quantify it or qualify it, um, but there's something to that. And then we get into basically my obsession, which was Splatoon. Ah, okay. I am not into shooters. I'm not good at shooters. I can't do Twitch gameplay. Uh, Splatoon became like everything for me for a while. Um, the aesthetic of the characters did it for me. Um, that sort of like weird faux futuristic Tokyo thing was kind of my jam. And it got me super into uh, 90s hip hop because oh. all of the beats in that game were sort of derivative of like that 90s hip hop backbeat scene. And uh, oh God, I, I just like, that is like one of my favorite game soundtracks ever. It's just sort of bops and it gets you going. And then like, yeah. it's colorful, it's fun. It's, you know, that sort of shooter idea, team shooter idea, but without the same like violence that mm -hmm. isn't really my forte. I like my violence in video games, just not in shooters, weirdly enough. But if it's in a fantasy RPG, I'll slice everything. Oh, yeah. But it, I th because it is very unlikely that you're going to be attacked by, you know, a mythical sword. Yeah. Shootings are a little gun, more real. Gun violence is very real in North America. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's harder to sort of, for me at least, enjoy a fantasy version of that. Um, Splatoon was great. It was colorful. It was bright. It had great music. Mm -hmm. There's a fashion aspect to it. And I just got obsessed with that game, trying to get better and better. Uh, it's also one of the games that I've gotten the most mad at uh, due to latency issues, uh, just kind of sucking because I was old at that point. I'm starting to get older as a gamer. Never going to game as good as those young folk. No, they're fast. They're so fast. They're so fast. And I'm like, I'm starting to get good at this. And then just like pop, pop, pop. I get exploded with paint like 50 times in a row. Yeah, that was one of the games where Fiona's like, I know you're mad at the game, but it's starting to make me uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll tone down my video game name for that. I'll just hold that, hold that to myself, I suppose. Okay, that's a great segue into the next one because... We're going into Switch. We're moving into contemporary territory. The now, the here and now. Um, Mario Kart, for, like, again, it's still Mario Kart 8, but we bought it again for Switch. 
I played it a fair bit on Wii U, but on Switch played it even more. And there's times where, and it is 100% my problem, I get so competitive that a fun <laughs> evening turns into the spouse being like, you need to take a breath. <laughs> because I just get so into it. And like you say, like there's some people that are just so inherently good at video games. And no matter how hard I try, I'm never able to beat him. Like, like once or twice. And then just when you're in the first place and then you get hit by the blue shell and then there's a video showing you getting destroyed over and over. Just replay again and again. God, and I'd be like, uh, the anger becomes real. Do you feel like um, your anger is sort of at that point, like sort of like a safe outlet as a video game or is it like a real anger that could boil out of that situation? No, it's totally because of the video game. It's just like... If I wasn't playing this video game, I'd still be like, me. Yeah. And does it feel like a place that, like, it's okay for you to get angry at something? Because that's sort of how I felt about video games. Um, and Yeah. But, that, you know, that doesn't supersede how it makes somebody else feel who's around you. But, like, I always felt <laughs> like video games were a great place to get angry and get that out of your system and throw it out at people. But, Because uh... you're not mad at a person, you're mad at the stupid blue shell. I'm not super happy with the person who threw yeah, it I'm at not, you. I'm but... not super jazzed at anybody who's splatting me in Splatoon, but it's more just like, you know, there's that wall. I'm not chatting with people, so I'm not spewing expletives at some 13-year-old who mm -hmm. just killed me. It's just, you know, I'm mad at the screen. Yeah. So I would say, I wouldn't know that that was my in top three for Switch, but it's definitely another shout-out because great game. Um, My top three for Switch, Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, yeah. So beautiful. So well done. Fun. Well written. Like, it, again, great story. A good continuation of that series. It's on my to play list. Oh, I just loved it. So I love all of those games. Um, Animal Crossing, of course. New Horizons Layer. So good. Yeah. And then um, I really thought long and hard about this and I debated. I'm going to go with new Pokemon Snap. Oh, wow. I haven't played it yet. Is it good? I love it. Like to the point that like you say, like I don't want to play it right now because I'm getting close to the end. Oh. And there's all these chat there's lots you can do in it, but I'm trying to play it less and less because I just love it so much. So you just want to save it for when you feel like you need to get out and go on a Pokemon Safari. I do. Have some pokes. I, I need I need it there for when I'm having some low days. Like I'm I almost want to save it for the winter. Yeah. Because, you know, winter in Canada is rough. Yeah. And there's some really dark days. And so I was thinking, I want it because it's so, it's bright, it's colorful. And, and those dark, literal dark days lead to metaphorically dark days often. So sometimes you need that real uplifting, fun, joyous. Colorful, warm. Yeah. And there is, and I won't give it away, but there is one um, world or one section, like an island that you go to. And I actually gasped because it was so beautiful and so many Pokemon that, you know, I, I grew up with were there. And I was like, this is so nice. We did grow up with them. Yeah. They've been around since 96, I guess, depending unless you ported. They were like technically 94, I guess. By the time it got here, yeah. If that's not growing up with it, I don't know what it is. Well, and I've always loved Bulbasaur. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the plant thing. I love plants and I love being outside. And it's just cute as hell. When you see Bulbasaur, I was just like, oh, it's Bulbasaur. And I was just so happy. You're getting, uh, you're getting misty just now. Yeah, I was like, this is lovely. And so 
I really it's a it's a newer game. Yeah. But I would say it was it's definitely my top three for for Switch currently. E3 is this weekend, but Luigi's Mansion, solid. Um, Animal Crossing, could they have released it at a better time? No. It is it is a zeitgeist game. It will forever have. Yeah. We're talking about tonight, like we've just talked about these like these games. Our top games are, are connected to those moments of time that have formed sort of memories for us more than just being technically the best or anything yeah. like that. And yeah, that's one for sure. I don't know what I would have done without Animal Crossing because when pandemic hit, I was so scared that I was like, I couldn't, I was like frozen. I couldn't do anything. I lost 10 pounds because I couldn't eat. I was so scared that we were going to run out of food and I didn't want to go to the store and um, work with, like, it was just, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And then when this game came out, it was the only thing that I could do was play this game and like yeah. work. And that was it. So I really like, I appreciate it. You know, thanks. Nintendo. What about you? I've got a wild three. I have, would have chosen Animal Crossing, uh, same as you, if uh, mm-hmm. if I hadn't already done an Animal Crossing game. It was, like you said, of the moment. And, you know, we played together as well a little bit. Yeah. And, like, you know, some other college folks were out there as well. Yeah, it was just, it was a connection in a time when we needed some sort of safe connection. Even though a lot of us hadn't bothered to connect in the meat space previously for a very long time. <laughs> but it meant something. And it always will. Yeah. Uh, to get sentimental i've got breath of the wild here i'm going to hit that one first just because that is a shared um shared one for us here um and then you know it's it's what we talked about it's that that experience that sense of place that sort of just wilderness and wandering that's so beautiful yeah Uh, just a carefully considered world that also feels real and natural that just does it for me uh super mario odyssey because it had that sense of Mario, but still managed to be something new and different and unique in a way that a game hadn't, a Mario game hadn't really since Galaxy. Well, what a wild concept. Like, you're going to take a hat yeah. and make it into a sentient being that transforms things. Like, yeah. what? And just like all Mario games, like, it has carefully considered levels that are just so well yeah. laid out and so well chosen. Beautiful. And the music and the nostalgia is there. And like, there's just a lot to love about that game. There's one thing that I found very unsettling though. When Mario is in like the city level. Yeah. yeah. And him compared to the actual city people walking around. A little upsetting. A little hard to look at. I let it go by just assuming it's just another video game world. So they're just fashioned that way versus the way his video game world is fashioned. That's a good way to think of it. Because he's not like jumping through realistic human worlds. I did need to rationalize that though, because it's fucking unsettling. It is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I could probably bump Mario off for something else if I really wanted to and spend some time thinking about it. But I I thought it deserved a shout out just for the amount of time I put into it and how much I enjoyed it as an experience. Um, And then we're going to get into my weirdest one that I think will shock you. Okay, I'm interested. Yeah. This one weird thing might shock you. Hmm. Uh, Fortnite. What? No. (laughs) That is the expected reaction. You're joking. I got so into Fortnite. Explain yourself. So I finished my graphic novel uh, available at stores now. Go buy it. It's great. I would appreciate that. Um, And uh, I had this weird period where we weren't really doing a whole lot. I wasn't going back to the office because we had plans to start a family 
and we were working on that and uh and by working on that i mean just dating or whatever uh, and uh so there wasn't really a whole lot for me to get into aside from home stuff and whatever so i played a shit ton of Fortnite, um and i really got to enjoy sort of the the aspects of it that were wacky and fun like finding you know pinatas throughout the world and breaking them open for weapons and just sort of the cartoonish aspect of the violence and uh and sort of the different game modes that were weird and how you could jump into a game a match would be over in about five minutes and then you could throw into another one so losing or getting killed really quickly didn't matter because you just jump into another game real quick but that's not what really solidifies it for me on this list it's that we did eventually have that baby. Yes. And I had a fondness for Fortnite at that point, and our baby did not sleep very well. Yeah. And Fiona and I spent, uh, you know, his first six or seven months taking turns holding him at night because he wouldn't sleep in a crib or anywhere else. So one of us would stay awake from, mm -hmm. I think my shift was nine till four in the morning or something, or 10 till four in the morning, and I would just hold him while he slept. Wow. And what I could do while holding him was hold my Switch. Oh. And the game that I wanted to play that was mindless, that I could just drop it if something started happening, he started fussing, he woke up, was Fortnite. I could drop it and not care. And that's what I did on those dark, shitty, lonely, long nights. Wow. Uh, I played a lot of Fortnite, and it was sort of a, a, a thing that like just sort of helped me get through a very oh. uh, strenuous and stressful sort of period of, of, of lost sleep. That makes sense. That okay? Because at first I was like, "This is this is why." I was not expecting that, but that makes a lot of sense. You're not 14. You're gonna start doing Fortnite dances. You're gonna floss then. My nephew does that a lot, and he's tried to explain the appeal to me. And he's 10, 11 years old. Is he 11? Yeah, he's 11 now. So Fortnite's still a thing then. It's well, not as much. He's now really into Rocket League. Oh. I know about it, but I, I, it doesn't appeal to me. I don't understand RC yeah. cars, hitting it's, soccer it's balls. It's fun, but um, he was really hardcore into Fortnite and Roblox for a long time. I don't know. I was just going to say, what the fuck is a Roblox? It's a video game, and it sounds like Minecraft and Fortnite shoved together. Okay. All right. That's good enough for me. I could be 100% wrong, but you know what? Uh, I don't care. Yeah, works for me. Again, get mad at us on social media where we will not reply. Um, I got a couple special special mentions again. Um, Stardew Valley, of course. I think we both didn't choose that as our yeah. top Switch game because it's not an exclusive to Switch game. We've been playing that on other consoles, both of us, multiple consoles for five years now. Uh, Link's Awakening, which again is, I didn't choose because it's a remake of a, a handheld game, but the version that they made for Switch is just a beautiful game. It's gorgeous. And it's tight and good to play. Um, and then finally, Snipper Clippers, which is that silly little game that sort of, I don't remember if it's actually packed in or if I just, it's a download only game, but you sort of have to solve puzzles with another person. Um, and the sort of thing is that you're playing these little characters that can like snip each other into different shapes. Adorable. Um, so that you can become tools and work the puzzles oh. and stuff like that. And it is a beautiful sort of chaos um, playing with another person, especially a partner who you need to cooperate mm -hmm. with in real life because you're sitting there trying to converse about how to cut the shapes and how to do this stuff. And I played that with Fiona and it was a game we both really found ourselves surprisingly super enjoying just like the, the chaoticness of it. And like 
you know, if you want to fuck around with the other person, you can. You just clip them up into nothing, and then they die and come back. Oh, that's so fun. We would like to know your top games for each of those consoles. So hit us up, either email us or, or drop us comments on uh, on social media, and uh, let us know what you think. And maybe we'll uh, we'll collect all of those and, and run them down at some point. Sounds good. Uh, I am Ben Rankel. I'm Lexi Hunt. And we will dork out with you next time. Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give a rating, and tell a friend about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out our original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song Dance off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksiga, the Bigani, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Region 3. Dork Matters is a proud member of the Alberta Public Radio Podcast Network.